Welcome to Flunking the Written, a fully spoiled Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast in which two uber fans break down every episode of the show. Join Kimberly and Megan every other Tuesday as they overanalyze each scene and discuss the Buffyverse at large. Now let's meet up with the Scoobies and get into this episode of Flunking the Written. What can I say? I flunked the written. All right, Kim, we are branching out, I tell ya. We we just thought we were a humble Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast, but it turns out we are, in fact, a full-on Buffy-verse podcast. Yes, we are. <laughs> Such variety you get here. <laughs> we are about to get into our discussion of City Of, which is the very first episode of Angel, our big broody boy. Yep. Very, I'm kind of excited about I'm, Angel. I'm excited. I don't know near as much about Angel as I do about Buffy, so you'll get to see me not know things randomly yeah. all the time. Um, I mostly I enjoyed the first season of Angel a lot, and I enjoyed the last season of Angel. Uh-huh. A lot. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff now. I love Fred. Yes, and Fred <laughs> is one of the only reasons that I, when I watch Angel, like I don't skip half the episodes <laughs> in seasons two through four. <laughs> but I do love Angel. Oh, so, yes. Yeah. It is It is definitely more of an ensemble cast, and you get to kind of see all of these characters grow, and it's just going to be a fun journey. But we're going to start here. Episode it's one. A more grown-up show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So City Of was written by David Greenwald and Joss Whedon, who co-created the entire series, and it's directed by Joss Whedon, and I have a DVD blurb here to read. So let's see okay. here. I am reading it in a very dark corner, so let's see how well this goes. Newly arrived in Los Angeles, Angel is befriended by a half-demon named Doyle, whose visions lead him to a powerful vampire whose next victim just may be Cordelia Chase. There you go. That's the blurb. Oh, no. Why? Why did they do that? That's not cool. (laughs) Because if somebody who had watched, like, all of Buffy and then was going to start watching Angel, why would they tell you that Cordelia is, oh, yeah, I don't like that. They shouldn't have done that. It's so interesting watching, like, reactors go through the show the first time because people are like... So, like, okay, don't watch the opening credits. Don't look at this. Don't even, like, realize that this part exists until you actually watch this episode, this episode, and this episode. <laughs> They're so anal about I, that stuff. <laughs> sometime last year, I think it was probably you told me about reaction videos. I didn't know it was a thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, I went and looked up reaction videos. I found this girl who was doing reaction videos for her for whole watch through of Buffy. Yeah. And I started watching her in, like, season five, I think. And um, I just watched it to the end. Like, mm-hmm. watching her watch the show. I, it, it, I was so addicted. It's so addicting. It's so addicting. Yeah. <laughs> now, I will say for this, um, for Angel, I had a lot of trouble finding a script. Okay. To print out. Um, I searched everywhere. Um and I finally found a transcript, and that's what I have. So I do not have an original script like I always get for Buffy. Because mm-hmm. those are on 
Those are online. They do not seem to be online for Angel. Okay. Um, if you know of somewhere, I'll be happy to go get them. Uh, and they don't have script books for Angel like they did for Buffy. Yeah. So yeah, I it wasn't has sure. Been very difficult to. I find knew that was going to get harder and harder. They don't have script books for Buffy anymore after season three, but. I can find printable script online of the original script, but Angel, I just have a transcript. So there's not going to be any. They cut this part out. Yeah, for Angel. That's okay. Unless I have. I, I have some of that. <laughs> oh, do you? Yeah. <laughs> Yay! All right. Uh, let's get into the episode, shall we? Yeah. We ready? We ready? Yeah. We have voiceover Angel, and I always forget about voiceover Angel. <laughs> It's a choice. It's not one that they permanently like stuck with. They decided to veer away from that pretty quickly. But voiceover angel exists. <laughs> they were going. They were going for uh, dramatic. Oh yes, and it, it, it was a little too much <laughs> dramatic with the, the voiceover. But yes, it's. it's I just say I love one of the things I love about Angel is that the the show can make fun of itself. Oh yeah, like Angel can make fun of himself. <laughs> like it's yeah. It's got a good vibe overall. The show's just, yeah. it's got a feel and it, it, it's so familiar, but so different. It, they really, they really made it part of the Buffyverse without being just another Buffy. Yeah. But yeah, Angel's talking uh, about Los Angeles and how it's like a beacon where people are drawn to it. And there's, they come here for all sorts of reasons. And his reason is, well, it started with a girl and she was a really pretty girl. <laughs> I love we, Drunk Angel. We see Drunk Angel at a bar talking about this hottie girl. And the person sitting next to him apparently reminds him of said girl. And we get a cut of the guy. And it's this, this big, burly black guy. <laughs> Completely bald. And apparently the yeah. thing that reminds Angel about, you know, the girl is, is the hair. <laughs> well, and... <laughs> I love this because they started out. I remember thinking, oh, we're going to have to go through this whole angel finds himself type <laughs> thing because he's depressed and losing it over Buffy. And then, you know, it's something it, else. Yeah, it turns. Which, yes. It's really, it's really good. She's just like, he's drunk. Oh, man. Yeah. You know? it, gives, it gives David Boreanaz something fun to do for a bit before he mm -hmm. goes back to being our big broody boy. Um mm -hmm. <laughs> So anyway, he's at a bar. Uh, there's some guys there with some girls. And it all seems, you know, not the most savory, but still pretty, pretty normal stuff. Angel's there being very drunk. And eventually the uh, the guys ask the girls to like leave, leave with them and that they're going to go have some real fun. And they all exit and Angel immediately changes tone and straightens up. Yeah. Gets out of his chair and starts marching out after them. And it's, yeah, you can tell. You can tell that there was definitely some acting going on there. But, like, mm -hmm. part of me also wonders if he wasn't getting just a little bit, a little bit tipsy as well. Because he, he carries on the act outside. <laughs> so he might have been partly acting, partly like, hey, I'm here anyway. Might as well have a few. <laughs> well, I see, I think he carries it on outside because he wants to get closer to him before yeah. he gives it away. <laughs> You know, because he's he's walking up stumbling, saying, anyone seen my car? It's big and shiny. You know, he's he's still playing up really, really yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think he's it's probably a 
still acting to and now we know he's acting so we can appreciate how good it is yeah it's interesting that the angel uh getting to to put on an act we see several times where throughout the series but even in this first episode where angel acts to get a get the advantage like he's acting drunk here later on he has that little bit where he's getting the security guard to like be caught unawares when he's trying to get into the mansion. It, it's these little moments in this episode where we also have a, a guy look Angel straight in the face and say, you're an actor. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe Angel has a future in LA as an actor and he just never took advantage of that. Be a lot of night shoots though. That would, that would, that'd probably be annoying. Yeah, they would have to <laughs> shoot everything at night. <laughs> Uh, so yes, he's outside. Uh, the 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 gentlemen are getting a little handsy and appear to be actually vampires. Uh, go figure. Um, and Angel stumbles out, playing drunk, asking about his car. It's big and it's shiny, and they just kind of try to brush him off, tell him tell him to leave, and he gets right up uh, in their business, and then turns again and becomes badass angel guy complete with hidden tactical spring-loaded stakes <laughs> yeah angel has got himself some batman gear yeah we got angel gadgets <laughs> mm-hmm. i think that that continues through most of the first season yes with uh different kinds of cool mission impossible type tech it's kind of like you're like where yeah. did he get this from he yeah. has no money where that did- that buffy episode that we make fun of where they're trying to steal the box from the mayor and they're using all these gadgets and angels just apparently got a craving for them now he just oh yeah he definitely. wants all the gadgets i do think they keep the the wrist stakes for the entire season because you see i think at one point you see gun using them and at one point you see wesley using them they're handy yeah they're pretty handy i like them. maybe they just made them for everybody it would make sense I yeah. would like, if I was constantly would... fighting vampires, I would like a spring-loaded stake attached to my wrist. Yeah, I mean, you would think he would, like, you know, send some to Buffy for Christmas or something. Buffy doesn't need that. Buffy's too good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Buffy don't need gadgets. <laughs> he he dispatches of two vamps at, at once with these fancy, fancy wrist stakes. <laughs> Say that three times fast. And continues to fight another vampire, uh, eventually vamp-facing himself. And can we can we take a moment? They talk about it in the commentary a little bit for this episode. But they tried to do something with the vamp makeup that didn't entirely work. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and my my understanding is that the the lumpies like the the prosthetic is is okay but they like tried to airbrush it to make it darker and more menacing and it just makes it look really really fake (laughs) (laughs) oh but they they course correct pretty quickly i think into the into the season um but yeah they were trying something they were trying for a grittier darker scarier vampire look and it just kind of didn't really work out out. (laughs) but anyway all the vamps are dead at this point angels left with the two girls um they're trying to get closer to him say thank you and all of that and he keeps trying to get them to leave as he's turned his back to them um and finally as as they reach out to him he spins and shows his face and uh says stay away from me and they like shy away and then you get the iconic the iconic shot that will be at the end of the opening credits forever and always. His power shot 
He doesn't get to re- redo a power shot ever. This is the one. <laughs> and it's great. It's a great shot. <laughs> and then we get the I, opening yeah. credits where we get to see it again in like 30 seconds. It's great. <laughs> I I have one problem with this, the ending of the scene. Mm-hmm. Right here in this scene. And this is, I think this is like the only time they do it. Because after this, it's, you know, he's back to Angel again. But they make it seem like he has absolutely no self-control. Mm-hmm. Like, he sees the little bit of blood on the girl and kind of freaks out. Oh, yeah. Stay away from me, you know, and all dramatic and angsty about it. But Angel has never been like that before with blood. And he's not ever that way again with blood. Yeah. Unless there's like a spell or something. So I don't understand, like, why. I know know why they did it, because they wanted people who were not familiar with the character, who were not Buffy fans, to realize, hey, tortured vampire has to stay away from blood. It's a fight, you know. Mm-hmm. But it for people who are already fans of the character, it doesn't really make sense. Yeah, they they explain it a little bit in a later scene. Um, it's definitely something I think that they were going to focus on more, and then they realized that it was a little too much, and they had to pull back from. But they were they were originally planning on giving Angel quite a hefty bloodlust. At the beginning of the series. And they ended up pulling that back. And that's one of those lingering threads that stayed in there. That particular shot. But they were going to go way heavier on that. Than they ended up doing. <laughs> yeah. But you see it wouldn't have made sense to people. Who were already fans of it. Who him. are already fans of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know that they kind of talk about it a little bit with Doyle. That he. Uh, the further away from connections with mm-hmm. people. The more he sees people as food. Yeah. Never really bought that one because he spends like a century away from people and he basically starves eating rats Mm -hmm. in alleyways and stuff the whole time except for apparently a little bit of time in the 50s where he decided (laughs) to stay in a hotel (laughs) but again was away from people yes um and he did something kind (laughs) of cruel but he wasn't trying to eat people you know yeah that doesn't make sense either the way they try to explain it yeah there's certainly some 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 yo-yoing of of Angel as far as his ability to control himself. But uh and while while I love I love 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 50s Angel. Absolutely. <laughs> 50s Angel is hot and also just I really like him. But but 50s Angel makes no sense in the whole overall of like his history and everything. So anyway. Uh sorry. Love it. <laughs> 50s angel is hot he is (laughs) so like my my thought on this scene is that and this happens a lot in this episode i notice it's like a lot of a lot of crazy stuff just happened like these these girls just watch this guy dust three vampires right like these guys disintegrated in front of their eyes <laughs> and they're like yeah. oh my god thank you and then he turns and has a bumpy face and they're like ew <laughs> <laughs> i'm just like really <laughs> uh, yeah there's a lot of people throughout the entire Buffyverse, both shows every season, that see people dusted or like dissolve into slime or whatever <laughs> happens, and they are pretty much okay with it. <laughs> like they don't stay to ask questions; they either run away or just like act like it's normal. <laughs> well, it continues on. 
All right, so after the intro, uh, we get some shots of Angel kind of walking back towards his little office building slash apartment for the first season. This little this little shenanigans he has with uh, the elevator. Uh, the, the notes uh, in the commentary was that this is the slowest elevator. They thought it was going to be so cool, but it was the slowest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> and anytime they had to film it, they're just like, we're going to have to speed it up and post. And that's going to be hard to pull off without it looking weird. <laughs> but yeah, he got a little elevator there. And he goes down into his apartment. And uh, there's a fellow there by the name of Doyle. And we love Doyle. Doyle. We love Doyle so much. <laughs> but they're not hiding anything here. Like Doyle flat out calls his apartment a bat cave. So <laughs> they're like, yeah, we're doing the Batman thing. It's okay. <laughs> We're acknowledging it. <laughs> oh, boy. And but Doyle, he's all, for this, you know, the first little bit, he's all cryptic mm -hmm. and, and riddly. But then that <laughs> almost immediately goes away and he's just like a pal. Yeah. Um, who who pretty much has instant love for Cordelia. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't? <laughs> True. Doyle has taste. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they basically do a little conversation where Angel's like, who are you? Get out. Uh, and Doyle's like, no, gotta stay. And they, we discover pretty quickly that Doyle is half demon on mm -hmm. his mother's side. So like, and a weird kind of demon because he sneezes <laughs> and like becomes Hellraiser. So does that happen anytime he sneezes? Because he's gotta, he's gotta watch that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what if he's in line at the bank and has to sneeze? How do you deal with that situation? Well, I hopefully, actually know a way. I hope, hope he, hopefully he doesn't have bad allergies or anything. Just really, it's, fingers crossed it's, for that guy. At some point when I was a teenager, and I've never forgotten this, and it actually does work. I read a book, and it was about uh, this family during World War II um, who were hiding, and one of them had to sneeze. And if you lick the roof of your mouth, like rub your tongue against the roof of your mouth, you can stop a sneeze before it happens. Huh. And it works. I do it all the time. Doyle must know that trick. I'm just saying. He may. He might. There's he a might. way to do it. And yeah. it's possible that's what he does when he's in line at the bank. That would make sense. And has to sneeze. <laughs> but he doesn't, apparently does not care if Angel knows because he just, he spikes out to, to his sneeze. And mm -hmm. this is the first time that we hear about the mysterious powers that be. <laughs> oh, boy. Those Who we guys. will come to hear about a lot. <laughs> and do they do they ever talk about them on Buffy? I don't think they do. Not that I remember. I was trying to think. Is it when they go, when Giles and Anya go to look at that eye thing? No, they, I don't no. think so. I think that's a separate thing. I don't know. Okay. They're so, so weird. I, don't, yeah. I really don't think they do it on Buffy. It, yeah. It's just an angel thing. Yeah. And there's some weird stuff, particularly in the first season of Angel, that we'll have to get through and analyze and try to figure out what the hell it means. <laughs> that, again, they kind of step away from. But uh, the powers of be, yeah, they're kind of a, an angel vibe. Um, so are the senior partners that we'll get in, you know, a little foreshadow of at the end of this. And they're kind of the big, the big players that exist outside this realm. And yeah, pulling strings. Doyle explains that he gets visions and all of this stuff. Uh, like, I mean, it's it's setting up like some some major like lore building. Lots of exposition though. And as someone who has in fact watched all of Buffy, they they try to make this entertaining and fast and stuff like that. And you know, Angel has his little jokes about being sleepy and everything like that. But 
this is this is the hard part of the the spinoff where you have to like catch new new audience members up. <laughs> it's a nice little recap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like this is this is exposition followed by exposition followed by exposition. And normally, like I can deal with that in in the Buffy verse, but it's a uh, it's very. I'm very aware when watching this first episode, I was just like, ah, these are the exposition dumps. Thank you. <laughs> so basically, Doyle recounts Angel's life. And Angel says, yeah, I was there. Um, but why am I not kicking you out? Which I think is a, an interesting, like, kind of kind of just like chucked in their line that I really enjoy of just it, it goes so fast after that, where he's just like, he's confused. <laughs> That's why he's not kicking Doyle out. <laughs> and... Doyle says it's because he's going to tell him what happens next. And this is where he kind of gets into that idea of he he has to be connected. He can't he can't keep uh keep uh you know everybody at arm's length kind of deal. Uh, or he'll start eating people. Apparently. But it does mention um and I I'd forgotten that this was a bit that they played with a little bit when I was ranting about the whole Buffy and Angel drama in graduation day part two where angel drinks from buffy and all of that it does mm -hmm. mention that he has fairly recently drank human blood slayer yeah 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 not only human blood slayer blood not only slayer blood buffy's blood so that's gotta like signal all kinds of cravings <laughs> yeah true so I think that's one way that you could kind of say that the bloodlust is definitely high at this point because it turns out he recently had some really tasty blood <laughs> And then he throws out the line that, yeah, eventually, you know, there is the chance that he might feed on someone. And he has the line, what's one against all I've saved? Might as well eat them. I'm still ahead by the numbers, which is an argument that Faith made at one point. It's an argument that eventually Spike will make uh, much later on in Buffy of this idea of the numbers. But like that doesn't really work yeah. in Angel's case because he's still way behind in the numbers. <laughs> Turns out Angel killed a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, but he also kind of saved the world, like the entire world. So I think he's probably I mean, still ahead. In the yeah, numbers. I mean, he also tried to destroy the world that one time too. Yeah, <laughs> unsuccessfully, but, but still, the intent was there. <laughs> I mean, if we're if we're putting things on a scale, I think he's still in the above. Oh, because you know, billions of people. <laughs> Then they go outside so they can continue exposition while walking outside. Change of scene. Of course. Yeah. Um, Doyle talks about how it's nice to have the gadgets and everything, but he's, you know, has to have that human connection. And then a, a homeless lady asks for some change and he tells her to get a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not Doyle's best look, but it's there and it's kind of one of those little little quirks about him. And uh, it says it's not about saving lives, it's about saving souls, which I, I like that line. <laughs> I like that line a lot. It's not really what ultimately happens, I think, <laughs> but still. <laughs> Angel doesn't even, you know, save the life in this episode, which is a, an interesting choice that we'll discuss as we go on. But I uh, think that was try the going with the whole Angel's going to be darker than Buffy mm -hmm. type thing. That he can try and try and try and do the right thing and be the hero. You know, the dark Avenger. Uh, <laughs> But it's not always going to work out. Yeah. Because this one is not like a, a, a happily ever after fairy tale type one like oh, Buffy yeah. is. Oh, yeah. That uh, really happy-go-lucky show called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Well, it's not, I mean, 
Now I get you. I, I I understand. This is definitely totally darker, but Buffy it's just funny. <laughs> Buffy always wins. It's trying to show yeah. us Angel is not. It's not gonna. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't trying to say it's a happy go lucky show. <laughs> like the the way everything gets resolved is like it. You know, in every episode, things get there's cliffhangers sometimes, but stuff gets resolved. Yeah. And Angel, that's not going to happen. Especially, yeah. More shades of gray. Especially at this point in this in the two shows, Angel's coming out swinging as the the dark counterpoint Adventure. to Buffy, the dark adventure, <laughs> the dark adventure. Yes. Um, um, in this part with Doyle, they're talking about how Angel's got stuff to atone for, and Angel wants to know why you. And he asked Doyle, why you? And Doyle is like, we've all got something that mm-hmm. we have to atone for. Um, and says, I had a vision this morning. I wrote this down for you. But we never really find out what it is that Doyle is atoning for. Yeah. The only thing that I can think of is like his family. Because we, we learn a little bit about his family later and how he kind of treated some cousins. I think it was bad, badly or something. But like we never really figure out what, what Doyle has to Yes, it's definitely it's definitely planting seeds that if Doyle's story would have lasted longer. Yeah, I'm sure they would have followed up on. Turns out we like our our dark broody boys to have dark broody pasts. Of course. Um, But yeah, so you don't you don't don't become dark and broody unless you have a past. (laughs) So uh, Angel uh, gets a note that says Tina coffee spot. And Doyle says that she needs help, um, but he he doesn't know with what. That's Angel's business. He just gets the names and tells him to just go and and do grown-up talk because high school's over, which I kind of like that whole nod. (laughs) That in a weird way, Angel himself has also been stuck in high school because he's been hanging out with high schoolers for the last three years. (laughs) And then you get this lovely back and forth. You got to make with the grown-up talk now. Why would a woman I've never met even talk to me? <laughs> have you looked in the mirror lately? No, I guess you really haven't, no. Angel's still like, I don't want to do this. And he's just like, it's the whole point of this little exercise. And then asks, are you game? And then we cut to the, the coffee shop where Tina works. And uh, Tina's begging for extra shifts. She's trying to get as many hours as she can. Eventually just kind of goes back to her job angel sitting there incredibly awkward just the most like awkward person you've ever seen trying to figure out how to interact with this woman tries to make small talk about a cute dog tina completely ignores him asks how how late they're open finally tina acknowledges him and in so doing knocks over a full like coffee cup which angel manages to catch without any of the coffee spilling um to show off his amazing reflexes i'm just gonna let you know kim i have done this i may be a vampire just throwing that out Mm -hmm. there I have done this exact thing, so I may be a vampire, or I may just really hate wasting coffee. I'm not sure which one. Well, uh, here's the thing. If you are a vampire, I have a request. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Obviously, you turned me into one, too. Okay. We're just going to be chill vampire bros. I like it. <laughs> so anyway, she thanks him, and Angel continues to be awkward. <laughs> By asking if she's happy. He's Angel. <laughs> oh, um, regularly hung out with Buffy and the Scoobies and Giles and everybody. 
um, and did like recon work for them and undercover work and, and did stuff. So I, I don't get the whole, I'm suddenly awkward and don't uh-huh. know how to talk to a female type. Yeah. Thing, it's you know? so but funny. Still. And it's like all over the place. It's like, cause he, he has those moments of like really, you know, smart acting and knowing how to how to pull off an act and to like hide himself in a room in plain sight kind of deal um and then you have him you know told that he needs to help this girl and also uh, you know try for some kind of human connection and he just is just like are you happy <laughs> it's so all over the place but it also works for me like because Angel, and I think at this stage in his life, is so... Like, he's 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 trying to do a fresh start. And I kind of think the, the weirdest juxtaposition that you can do on this, and the reason why I can kind of see both arguments, that this is, this is too much and this is perfect on the awkwardness from Angel. But if you go back to Buffy and Angel's first meeting, right? He's very, he's very suave. He's very controlled. He's very calculated. And then... His entire relationship with Buffy happened. <laughs> and so now you got this other, you, a blonde girl that he's supposed to help. And he's just like, fudge, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> this went really off the rails last time. So after after him continuing to, to, to like fall all over himself, Tina eventually just says, you don't hit on girls very often. And he says, it's been a while. And that he's sort of new in town. And she says, don't stay. And after he prods a little bit more about if she's happy, she's like, you have three hours? And he's like, do I look busy? And she says, I get off at 10. Which, why? Why? But some strange guy. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot that I'll I'll have comments on as, yeah. <laughs> as it goes forward. This is, this is very unsafe behavior. Yes. <laughs> just, just so you I know. mean, we're already Everybody, talking about. listening knows all the girls, young girls. Out, this is unsafe behavior. Don't do this. Don't do this. No matter how good he is at catching coffee, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> But then we're outside again and Angel is leaning against the side of his convertible that we have absolutely no idea where he got it. And Tina comes out and she's wearing like an evening dress mm-hmm. and immediately is like, I know who you are, what you're doing, and like pulls out mace to spray at him. Mm-hmm. And she ha- she thinks that Angel is working for someone named Russell and Angel manages to convince her that he's not working for Russell and that he wants to help her. And she she tells him, basically, I need to get home. I need a ticket home. I don't want to be here anymore. I'm not safe here. You know, all that. Uh, And then she's like, but it wasn't me asking for money. And then there's a cute little thing where Angel asks where she's from. And she says somewhere in Montana. And Angel's, I was there during the Depression. And like, oops. <laughs> she kind of looks at him and he's like, oh, my depression. I was depressed there. <laughs> Great cover That's up. not awkward or anything. Great cover up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Tina, she explains, you know, she came to L.A. to be an actress. They weren't hiring. She needs money to get home. And there's a girl that owes her money and she's going to get it. And uh, Angel offers to drive her. And then we are at a fabulous Hollywood party. <laughs> and we open to a woman named Margot walking around videotaping people. And let me just say, there's a lot of bad people 
Well, actually, there's not. There's only a couple of bad people in this episode until you get to the end with the lawyers. But Margot, just about as evil as Russell is. <laughs> I'm just saying. She's pretty... There's, yeah. There's definitely some layers there if you're just like, hmm. <laughs> no, she's, she's, she's bad. Bad person. I just want to give props, though, because we... We've got our official introduction to Tina. They've gone to the party and, and you've had just a few moments with her. Like, this is a really well-developed victim, basically. I mean, she exists to die. But, like, you could definitely be fooled if you're one of those that skips the opening credits or, you know, just assume that she might be a reoccurring character that isn't in the opening credits, that this is an introduction of a new character that's going to play a role in this series based on mm -hmm. the way that Tina's introduced. Like, like she's fleshed out enough and she, like, the performance is there and they've got good chemistry going, going right out the gate that you're just like, oh, okay, so this is a new character for this new series, right? And I don't remember if I ever thought that. Like, I can't remember the first time mm -hmm. if I ever, like, expect, like, saw her and thought she was going to stay in the show. I'm not sure if I ever thought that much into it or not. Yeah. But she's definitely, like, 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 a, she's a memorable character, for sure, for me. Like, I remember this character as soon, as soon as Tina's mentioned, I'm just like, oh, yeah, that care. I liked her. She was, she was that, you know, jaded, attempted actress that hated L.A. Love her. <laughs> Who wouldn't who wouldn't want to hang out with her? Um, but yeah, I just really I, I was I was very impressed by that performance through and through. And uh, yeah, she she basically after asked a bunch of questions from Margot about who Angel is, she's just like insisting that he's just a friend and wants to get on with it. Basically, um, Margot's talking about get yourself a drink. I'll be there. They do the little nod to the the little star shaped sandwiches. Uh, of course, saying every, everybody's a star. Angel continues to pride about Russell, and eventually Margot comes back, and her and Tina leave Angel to his devices. This is where we have Oliver come in and inform Angel that he is a beautiful, beautiful man and an actor, and that uh, Oliver is a fierce animal and his agent. <laughs> And that's, I, am your I want, I want to have half the confidence that Oliver has. <laughs> I would be doing so well in life. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I mean, make sure that Angel does not think that he's being hit on. Yes. He's in a very serious relationship with a landscape architect. You gotta love it. Which is a weird way to say it. <laughs> I, I date occupations. Why? I date occupations. Well, yeah. Don't you date occupations? <laughs> Yeah, it's a really weird way to say it. I've always thought that. Like, okay, well, thanks for telling us his job. Uh, and then we hear a familiar voice and we get very excited. Yay! <laughs> it's Cordy. That's that's a good that's a good very excited. I'm 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 impressed by that level of acting you just did. <laughs> That wasn't acting. I like Cordy. I know you like Cordy. It's, an just, angel. it's just so funny the way you're just like, yay. <laughs> but yeah, she's there talking about actress things as an actress. Mm -hmm. Definitely an actress. Uh, and she does a really good job. Like, this isn't like when she's pretending to be like 
not pretending to be, but like trying to impress people, mm-hmm. like some of the scenes in Buffy where you could tell this yeah. this conversation it flows. It's like you believe this mm-hmm. about her breaking into acting and making some quick cash and all this other stuff. Absolutely. Uh, did she ask Angel if he's still an angel or still a vampire? An angel. <laughs> <laughs> he is. She still asked an angel. angel if he's still a he's vampire. Still an angel. What are you talking about? That sweet boy with all that bloodlust. <laughs> Yeah, she specifically goes, are you still grr, which is just the most cute thing ever. <laughs> it really is. It really is. <laughs> there's there's several bits in here that are just very natural, conversational, fun bits that explain things to new viewers. And I think sometimes it's like forced in and you can tell, ah, that's there so you can have that bit of lore dump. But like... Him being like, oh, there's, you know, it's not actually a cure for that, you know. <laughs> and and the, the bit earlier with Doyle being like, well, you know, I'm not a vampire because I didn't need the invite. There's there's little nods here or there that's just like, all right, here's a bit of lore for you. But we're going to put it in conversationally. And and they've they've done that pretty in, in pretty crafty ways in a couple of places here, which I appreciate. There's uh, one later where... <laughs> Angel's just like, you know, doesn't like mirrors. Like it, it, it talks about mirrors a couple of times. It's like it, it's very fluid in the episode where it's not just like the Buffy Xander exchange in in the beginning of Buffy, where Xander's like, okay, this is true, this is true, this is true, and Buffy's like, yep, that's good, you got it, <laughs> <laughs> you know, vampires now. <laughs> So after a, a quick catching up, Cordelia says that, you know, she needs to go and uh, talk with people who actually are somebody. And Angel makes the comment that it's nice that she's grown as a person. Which she's going to do. She's going to do a whole but, lot. Yeah. <laughs> Big time. And, and uh, the guy tries to, well, kidnap Tina. Yeah. Just <laughs> basically. Just, just real casual, like. <laughs> Like, I'm going to kidnap you from this party now. There, there is an unsavory. They try to leave, but in the in the elevator down, uh, as they're trying to get out into the parking garage, Angel is pulled back into the elevator, um, and, and Tina is ushered away. Angel eventually gets out to do an epic car chase, but he gets in the wrong car. <laughs> and this is just another one of those, like, making fun of itself kind of things that Angel does. And it's like what you mentioned earlier. You you gotta love these little moments that they allowed to happen in this very dark, very heavy, dramatic show. That you also have a moment where your your hero jumps into his car, ready to go into action and and be the 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 rescuer of this damsel in distress, and they can't turn his car on because it's in fact the wrong car. Yeah, love it. <laughs> Another car that looks exactly, exactly. like his. Exactly. Uh, and it's one of the few times I think we actually acknowledge that in in shows that, oh, yeah, turns out these cars are mass produced. <laughs> like, I don't know how many times I've gone into a parking lot and seen a truck that kind of looks like my truck and been like, oh, wait, not not mine. <laughs> That's I not where I parked. <laughs> all the time. He gets in his... Uh... His, the, the car that's actually his and then manages to uh, catch up with the other people really fast, even though he had that, that issue with the wrong car. Yeah, he's still a hero. Heroes, yeah. heroes have fast travel abilities. 
That's my understanding. Uh, but yeah, he catches up, uh, they plays chicken. They play chicken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so after they play their, their game of chicken, um, Angel gets out of his car and goes over. He beats everybody up. He takes a gun away from one of the guys. And the guy warns him, you don't want to get involved here. Trust me. And Angel's like, Tina, get, you know, get in the car. Come with me. They have a little standoff where the guy... kind of calls his bluff and says, you're not going to pull that trigger. And Angel knocks him out with a punch instead and then just drops the gun. And Tina and Angel, they head out Mm -hmm. and go back to Angel's apartment. She has that little little line of like, nice party is like, it's a little too fabulous for me. (laughs) Yeah. And then Uh, we cut to Cordelia's apartment. Yeah. And it's like, oh no. Cordy, no. Yeah, you remember the apartment that Buffy was in in Anne? I feel like this one's worse. (laughs) Yeah, by like a lot. (laughs) At least Buffy's was clean. Oh, man. It's bad. It's it's particularly like you have that little nod earlier about the cute everyone's a star sandwiches. And you just forget about it. And then you have Uh Cordelia sitting down in her sad little apartment listening to messages about how she's not getting any auditions while unwrapping these tiny little sandwiches that she squirreled away from this party. And you're just like, oh, that's a gut punch that I was not expecting. Thank you. (laughs) And then we have one of the most serious moments in this episode, which we're back at Angel's apartment and... There, there's a there's a thing here that really bothers me in this mm-hmm. scene. I don't. Uh, they're talking and Tina's like, I have Girl Scout training. I can live out of this bag for days. And Angel says, I've made you some tea, which is kind of weird because earlier he didn't have anything to drink for Doyle except mm-hmm. blood, but now he has tea. He just figured Doyle wasn't a tea guy. Yeah. <laughs> which he's probably not wrong. Uh, Angel gives her the tea and then Tina says, I guess this is the part where you comfort me. It's not like you didn't earn it. Angel says, no, this is the part where you have a safe place to stay. Tina says, you mean you don't want, and Angel says, you have enough people taking advantage right now. And Tina kind of has to stop herself from crying. Mm-hmm. And this conversation breaks my heart. Yeah. It didn't when I was, you know, in college watching it. You know, I knew what it meant and everything. But like as a as an adult with kids and stuff now, this breaks my heart that there are there's people out there who expect this. Mm-hmm. Like it, expect that they need to do this because someone saved them. Yeah. And it just oh, my heart breaks for her in this scene. It's just it 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 bothers me every time I watch it. Absolutely. And it's, it's very frustrating that, one, you know that this is based in reality to, to an extent, but that this is also framed in a way that it's supposed to, you know, make Angel look good as the one who's not taking advantage of her. And it's Which is the bare minimum. Such a, yeah, it's such a, yeah. like, terrible thing to, like, really start breaking down your list, like, ugh. We have to like this guy for not taking advantage of a woman who's in desperate need of help and just wants to go home. Yeah, it's such a bare minimum thing. And it's so frustrating that like that is enough to make you go like, oh, yeah, Angel's a likable guy. And I'm just like, that's so like that should be be the norm. That should be the norm. (laughs) 
Um, and then there's another moment that gives me the same feeling that I later in the episode, which it cuts even deeper because it's Cordelia. Mm-hmm. But we'll we'll get to that. Part. Yeah, this is just, and I'm not naive. I know that there, are, I know that this happens, and there are a lot of people out there like this, mm-hmm. but like Tina, but just well, and it's just this is this is part of the thing that's like makes me really like almost want a more fleshed out, more long running character arc for Tina because mm-hmm. she's been through stuff like she came from you know uh, a very rural area very open lands very you know majestic came here with a dream and is now to the point where she is running from her life and that this guy who's offered to help her she expects to want sex in return like that's where she's at, where she's landed after you know chasing a dream and that is and then she has a tragic death after it is just such a tragic terrible story to mm-hmm. watch and you're just like oh yeah this may be a little darker than buffy <laughs> I think they may have pulled it off. (laughs) So they get into a conversation um, about Russell talking about what he's capable of. Tina says that he can get away with murder and that she's not sure if he has, but he talks about pain like it's a friend, Um, which is, is so like strange that she has this conversation. And anytime you see Russell interacting with her or interacting with Cordelia later, he, he he puts on this front of being like very, you know, nice and concerned and like, I'm, I'm here for you. I'm your friend and stuff like that. And yet like she, she talks about like, there's a, there's apparently another side of Russell interacting with these women or that they hear about behind his back to explain his darker side. Because usually, you know, and just the conversation we see, you see the, the, the mask that he wears, the, the, the front that he puts forward of being, the helpful you know one just wanting to do what's best for you kind of guy but here she's like really getting into details uh about like just how scary this guy is um and explains that she knew a girl named denise and that she disappeared off of the face of the earth after she tried to get away from him and angel goes into action after that tina is sleeping and he goes to the library which apparently was gonna be something that happened a lot in angel and then just didn't <laughs> yeah. there's gonna be a lot of like library sessions of of figuring stuff out and it's funny because like there's a scene in season two of buffy where angel goes to willow and is just like can you look stuff up on the computer because i don't know how to do that and now he's just like in his chair got like three computers going at once he's just like and i'm just like when did when did like willow and him just like have some study sessions (laughs) yeah um where did he get a convertible at you know that one bothers me you know, he did a lot in those few months between leaving Sunnydale and where he is now. He's got his, he's got a, a pretty spacious, like, office space and apartment under, like, you know, Cordelia makes the whole comment about him not having any kind of investments at the end of the episode, but he's got to have something squirreled away somewhere. <laughs> so yeah, after after doing some digging, doing so, some good sleuthing over here, he finds a coroner's report that shows uh, a woman with a tattoo on her shoulder he returns to the apartment where tina is having night terrors um and he 
gets her to wake up and she says that he was here. Um, Angel, Angel kind of like, you know, just kind of isn't, has no chill, <laughs> is not helping her like come back in a, like a calming way. And it's just like, hey, your friend, did she have a tattoo on her left shoulder? <laughs> and she's just like, oh, what? <laughs> I'm going through all this trauma, Angel. Give me a moment. <laughs> but she confirms that it was a rose. And then Angel says that, uh, he thinks that she was murdered and that Russell picks girls with no families. Tina kind of pulls away from Angel and he's just like, you don't have to be afraid. And that's when she asks, why does he have a note that includes her name and where she works at? <laughs> yeah, which, I mean, is very suspicious. <laughs> it is. It is, in fact, something that Angel probably should have thought about before leaving out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I was her, I would... I would I would be weirded out, too. <laughs> yeah, especially with... We don't know what all Russell has done to her. But she seems very suspicious the whole time that Angel works for him. So she knows that he's going to send people after her or he's done it in the past. Yeah. Angel tries to, to keep her from leaving and uh, catches on fire. Yeah. It's one of those situations where, you know, for plot reasons, he has to immediately burst into flames when a little bit of sun touches his skin. <laughs> but like other times. Other times. Spike could, yeah, Spike could just walk in broad daylight for like. As long as he's got a blanket on. <laughs> like literally the finale of Buffy. He's walking in broad daylight and he's just kind of holding his coat over his head. And I'm just like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, very different. But anyway, yeah, so he he catches on fire, which is one thing the that's of c concern to Tina, but then he also gets bumpy face, which is also concerning. And so she leaves. <laughs> the triple threat, a note with your name and the place you work, the guy spontaneously catches on fire when sun touches him, and his face morphs into a disfigured, like, you know, weird shadow oddly airbrushed face um then you get um, then you get out of there <laughs> yeah then we're at tina's apartment and we see russell and i mean he just looks creepy mm -hmm. he he has he has a middle-aged man that's gonna hit on your teenage daughter type creepy face well like, and a very telling point to make here is that he is he is in her apartment sans invite at this point. So he has been here before. He is that much a part of her life that he has been to her place before. So yeah, like this is this is some some this is some really creepy stuff. <laughs> this is some long game stuff. And he even talks about like he wasn't really ready to kill her yet. Like he wanted to drag this out longer. Like Russell in a lot of ways is kind of a a version of Angelus that might have existed today had he never gotten the gypsy curse and had lived all the way through. Like, this is the kind of stuff that Angelus loved doing. He loved drawing things out. He loved messing with people and manipulating them and just making them miserable before he finally killed them. And this is what Russell does. Like, it very much echoes the type of torture that Angelus used to do. It's It's not pleasant. <laughs> It's not fun to watch. <laughs> I oh. don't like it. <laughs> but yeah, she comes in, starts acting like she's just packing her stuff, but then she pulls a gun um, and aims it at Russell, who's 
who's fairly casual, clearly mm-hmm. trying to manipulate the, si- the situation here. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He admits he owns the building, mm-hmm. like the whole block. Um, and she wants to know what he did to Denise. Which is interesting. I wonder if that's... Because I know on apartments, you still have to be invited in. But if you're the owner of the building, does that supersede? Maybe he hasn't been in her apartment before. I still like the idea that he's been in her apartment before. If you're... If you're if you're renting it, I think maybe... Okay, so I don't know about... The invite logic never made of, sense. <laughs> I, well, I don't know about in the whole Buffyverse this, but like vampire lore is kind of like you can't go into a home mm-hmm. where people... Like I've read vampire stuff and series of stuff where like you can go into someone's house, but if it they've made it into a home, you can't. But if it's really not, if it's just like a transient situation or something and he owns the building he can go in. I know there's absolutely no way to yeah to know what they were going with here and it it kind of doesn't matter. It Just really doesn't. Fun to talk about. But it is I like I mean I could see both readings of it. He he got in because he owns the building or he's already been invited. She asks specifically about Denise and he talks about that, you know, he got her a ticket to go home and denies that she's dead that he in fact talked to her just recently and that nothing's wrong just just tell just tell him what she needs and she's like i want to go home and he's just like done easy that's 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 so easy right and you know continues to comfort her and says you know what's been what's been causing you to to spin your head like this and she's just like there was this guy and he turned into something. It was the most horrible thing I've ever seen. And this is when we get revealed that Russell is also a vampire. <laughs> and he's just like, well, you're young. And then he eats her. But and it, like the manipulation mm-hmm. before that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I gave her a ticket to go home. Just tell me what you want. I'll give you whatever you want. And she says, I want to go home. And he's like, you know, okay, done. Mm-hmm. And then the like absolute torture when she realizes that's not happening. Yeah. And then I hate that she sees him vamp out and like she had just seen Angel vamp out. And so I know that, you know, she's probably only got like seconds before she dies. But like, you know, she dies thinking that Angel was evil. Mm -hmm. That Angel was working for Russell because they're both vampires. Yeah. So she, when she is killed, she is killed thinking Angel was playing a game with her for Mm -hmm. Russell. And I don't like that. Yeah, it is. It doesn't matter to her, I'm sure. But I don't like that. But it is like a tragic, tragic story. And I think like that echo is, it rings true. Because like I said, the things that Russell is doing is the kind of stuff that Angelus did. And so like playing those, those against each other and having her feel like Angel betrayed her through all of this also like justifies like Angel got very emotionally connected like after this. Like, you know, he, he, he wants to get at Russell, right? He wants to take Russell out because Russell is pulling the kind of stuff that he used to pull and he knows how damaging that is and he knows what Russell is capable of. Um, Like, I think that's one of the more subtle things blended through here that really works for me is the is the idea of Russell being a a version of what Angelus could have been with all of the advantages of of the modern world you know <laughs> you, again you had that nod at the end where Cordelia is just like you know you never developed an investment portfolio Russell did <laughs> 
Russell is living the high life and he I mean, I is kinda, I kind of agree you should you should kind of be a millionaire yeah <laughs> if, if you've lived this long if you've lived this long but like <laughs> Russell Russell played the game that I have a feeling Angelus would have played you know the torture oh yeah yeah but uh, but just yeah. getting into a position because if you even go back to like the idea of Angelus and Darla together and the idea of him uh rebelling against the idea of vampires living underground right because the master was always underground and he was just like he and darla lived above ground in more lavish you know situations than what vampires traditionally did um like i feel like angelus would have been the kind of vampire that had he persisted as the evil thing he is throughout all of this would be living in luxury just torturing you know anybody that tickles his fancy until he gets bored of them and kills them and moves on to the next person like that would be his lifestyle and that's who Russell is like exactly I'm not sure how much like Angelus would have wanted to like buy out a whole bunch of companies and be like CEO of everything, but he'd want a nice lifestyle. People to do it for him. <laughs> oh yeah, which is basically what Russell's doing anyway. That's that's you know. <laughs> so Angel runs into the apartment. Tina's dead on the floor, and he goes and uh, touches his his fingers to the the bite mark and pulls back and has blood on his fingers and it cuts away here this is the cut part they actually filmed it they intended this this was like the crux of the the episode when they were first pitching it and then they realized it was too much it was too dark but he originally was supposed to taste her blood in this scene was he yeah he was supposed to be like licky 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 yum 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 um that's Hmm. that's that's the that's how dark and how strong of a bloodlust that they were originally planning for angel um and that's why some of those scenes earlier on lingered but this one they were just like "Mm, okay (laughs) we'll give you that we'll pull that one (laughs) we understand that maybe they're going a little too far on this (laughs) yeah (laughs) but yeah so back at the apartment, Angel's talking about Stacy with Doyle saying that he, we need to track this guy down. He's our ticket to Russell. And so they kind of come up with a plan. Doyle's got some leads that he's going to work. And Doyle kind of comforts him in a moment, says you, you couldn't have known that she was going to run out like that. And Angel says, forget it. And then I made sure to note this. Because he says, let's get to work, which is such like just a thematic thing throughout all of Angel. And of course, the very last line of Angel is let's go to work. So like, I just, I got giddy when that line hit. I was just like, oh, he says, let's get to work. (laughs) It's just such a huge mission statement of Angel and it's right there. And I just didn't realize it was right there. (laughs) Doyle continues to reiterate that he can't cut himself off. And Angel's like, I don't want to share my feelings. I don't want to open up. I want to find the guy that killed Tina, and I want to look him in the eye. Then what? Then I'm going to share my feelings. Uh, it's good. It's real good. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love just a really, like, badass angel moment, and that's one of them in my mind. Just like, oh, yeah, you don't want to mess with this guy. <laughs> Speaking of excitement for me, uh, we get a scene here with, with Russell in his mansion watching footage from the party. This is like, this is another layer of like, yeah, Margo's a terrible person. Because like, Margo's just filming all of these people and then releasing them to he's Russell. Like, <laughs> like, here, Russell. He's, here's he's a- like such a non-character. Yeah. <laughs> 
but and you and you if you were like talking about this episode just discussing it without a script or anything you probably wouldn't even remember her but she is bad <laughs> she is just yeah the whole reason she was videotaping the party was for russell mm-hmm. so basically he could watch it and pick new girls um and he sees cordy yeah he sees cordy on it and uh this is he he's like, who is this? I think I should meet her. And the lawyer says, uh, he's got a bunch of lawyers with him. And the lawyer's like, is this going to be another long-term investment? And he goes, no, I don't think so. I just want something to eat. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, like, oh, he's fixing to get eaten. <laughs> uh, yeah. And they want, they're not going to go that dark, are they? Are they? Uh, are they? No. Um <laughs> Yeah, but apparently vampires have lawyers now. Yes, and oh my gosh, just every feeling I have. I love that he's just lawyer. Like, there's no, we don't get to know his name yet. We don't get to know who this is, but man, am I so excited for Lindsay. I love Lindsay so much. Everyone loves Lindsay. (laughs) He's so good. It's just, and it's such an interesting, like, character that's such a feature of angel and then just doesn't exist and then is such a feature of angel (laughs) he just so beautifully bookends the show and i love him i don't know that the actor that plays lizzie i don't know his name christian kane he's so good (laughs) sounds familiar yeah have you ever watched the leverage yes okay he does he's in that show he's amazing yes Right. You've watched it, you know. Yes. It's one of he's my so, favorite. He's so good. I like, and that's part of the reason, like, I mean, I I like Lindsay regardless, but I definitely like, really like Lindsay because of Christian Kane's performance as Lindsay and just Christian Kane in general. Like, I just, it's just such a yeah. good. Like, watching Leverage and becoming like a fan of that actor made me like his character in Angel more. Yeah, I could see that. But anyway, so that's. That's happening, and now we're worried about Cordelia. <laughs> then we are at a gym, and the guy, Stacy, who was kidnapping Tina earlier, is talking to someone uh, when he's attacked by Angel. <laughs> yeah. Just out of nowhere. Angel has and no I- chill at this moment. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, but he wants to know about Russell, where he lives, what's the security, and Stacy's like, look, whatever she was to you, you have no idea. Forget it. Um, and then Angel's like, oh, yeah, these not big on the daylight and mirrors. Yeah. It's another great, like, little blended in, like, here's some lore. But it's so, yeah. like, you don't even think about it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. He's like, you get in his way, he'll kill you. He'll kill everyone you care about. And Angel says, there's nobody left that I care about, which is not true. <laughs> It's not even a little, little bit true. Yeah, it's not even close to true. Like, what? That, that line, it was a really, really good line. It's very dramatic. It's very dark, hero-y, and it's love. But it only works on the people who are new to Angel. Yeah. And have never watched Buffy. Like, that's the only way that line works. Yeah. I I can, I can imagine that it was a pretty awesome line. Mm Mm-hmm. If you if your reaction to it was not yeah there is <laughs> there's a blonde girl not too far from here that I think you care a lot about <laughs> right. and a lot of people around her that you care about 
So after Angel announces there's nobody left that he cares about, we cut to Cordelia and just like, I love this so much. <laughs> like, it's just it's just the two of us just start gushing. You know how much we care about Cordelia in this moment. But like, yeah. just her with her positive affirmations, <laughs> just trying her best. I am somebody. I matter. People will be attracted to my positive energy and help me achieve my goals. I am right where I'm supposed to be and not dying for something to eat. It's a lovely, lovely, lovely scene. Um, and Margot calls her. And yeah. Again, in my notes, and every time the script mentions Margot, I've got, I don't like her. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Have I mentioned enough that I don't like Margot? Uh, you know, I feel like people may have become aware. It is interesting that she's talking about, like, guess who saw my videotape? And Cordelia's just, like, listing all of these possibilities. And I'm just like, so this is just something that they know about. That she just films all of her guests and just, like, funnels it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But in Cordelia, oh, poor Cordelia. She's like a director, a manager, an assistant to an assistant who wants to spring for lunch. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, give her some food. Give her, she wants some food so bad. <laughs> and then Margot, Margot tells her it's Russell Winters. And so we now have a vampire with the last name, mm -hmm. which I think is the only time that happens in the Buffyverse. Uh, I mean, there's there's characters that exist as human that get turned into vampires that have, because like we know Harmony's last name. I'm sure that's true. I don't know her last name, <laughs> but I'm sure that it is exists and that if you I think it, it's, I would know. I think it's Kindle. That is it. <laughs> I knew that. Um, but like, I'm talking about any like established vampires. Like just vamp vamps with no actual the, story beyond that. Yeah, none of them have last names. This guy does. Russell Winters. Yeah, he's, a, he's an investment guy. <laughs> yeah, she's like immediately confused the investment guy. <laughs> what? Um, and Margaret's like, no, he'll help you get started and he's going to send a limit for you tonight mm -hmm. and i'm sure that cordelia immediately realizes that this guy's not going to help her for nothing which is kind of shown later when uh she's having a conversation with him which is i think this is one of the ways that this episode is so dark yeah which she's she is hungry she is in like a one room apartment with the walls falling down and roaches and nothing to eat for over a day so far and you know she's like oh, okay well mm -hmm. let me go in this limo to see this guy at his house yeah when you get a call from someone like Margot and just like, I know this guy, he 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 can get you whatever you need. You just have to meet him. He'll send over a limo. And you're just like, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're you're at desperate levels. So um, then we're back to Angel's apartment and uh, Angel's getting ready to go. And Dole's like, best of luck. And uh, Dole mentions that he's got some fairly large coin riding on the Vikings game. Mm -hmm. which is our first hint that Doyle has a little bit of a gambling problem. Angel's like, you're driving. And Doyle's like, no, I'm not coming. I don't do this. I'm just <laughs> the messenger. Um, and kind of Doyle is now involved in everything. Mm -hmm. uh, he's not just the... He's one of the team. Yeah. 
they're partners so far. Well, they don't really have a team yet, so they're kind of partners. Um, and then we cut back to Cordelia, and she is being escorted to Russell in his house. And uh, she mentions his very, very thick, heavy, big curtains. Mm-hmm. Um, she mentions that she grew up really nice in a really nice home. And she mentions that they had a room or two that they didn't know what they were for. Yeah. Which I love. And then they start talking about how things are going with Cordelia. There's a lot of cuts here. So now oh, we're yeah. back to Angel. And uh, comes up pretending he's lost to the, the guard. There's lots of acting for Angel in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, punches out the guard. Um, and then jumps over the fence. Tells Doyle to leave in 10 minutes if he's not back. And then we're back to Cordelia. And this is just, this is, as, this is just like Tina with, mm-hmm. it's not like you didn't earn it. Um, Cordelia talks about how she's tried really hard, but she doesn't know anybody and she doesn't have any friends out here. And Russell says, now you know me, you don't have to worry anymore. And Cordelia kind of looks down at her hands and then back up and says, what do you want me to do? And it's like, you can hear it in her voice. She knows mm-hmm. what well, she's She's expecting and kind of accepting that she's going to have to do it because, like, she can't go home. She doesn't have one. Yeah. She really doesn't know anybody. She has no, like, true friends at this point. Like, she really doesn't have anywhere to go. And, you know, we know she's starving. So she's going to... This 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 episode is really dark mm-hmm. with a lot of this stuff. And, yeah, uh, it triggers some people. It's definitely, yeah, it's definitely, like, right there. Like, if, if you, you can... You can read a lot into this. Like, clearly the intent's there, but the more you dwell on it, the more you kind of get swept up in these really emotional, like, sickening scenes. It's interesting that I think part of part of what works in Angel is Angel can be more of a commentary on Hollywood in general. And so you have these two struggling actresses are the ones that play these scenes of just expecting this as a reality and that is that is something that is not only like you know just a, a commentary for this to have, but it's also you know things have have risen up with Charisma Carpenter herself about some of the stuff that she's been through. Some of it on the you know run of Angel of just the expectations of her and like the things that happen in this world. And so you can go into layers and upon layers of this and really get into some dark places emotionally. And like it can definitely. It can definitely be be triggering and like the way that she she says that and just like the the layers that you can read into that like such a such a powerful performance from charisma carpenter here just bravo and also like bravo on how quickly she's able to turn after this when she starts to collect herself and look for a mirror and it's just like wait a second like just you 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 have those breaks in the tension of these these comedy relief moments where she's just like, you're a vampire. I'm from Sunnydale. I know about vampires. But like the performance here, you're like, if you just dwell in that moment and and don't move on with the, when the comedy relief comes through and just dwell in that moment and how dark it was and what Cordelia was expecting before she realized what Russell was, it mm-hmm. it's devastating. It tears you apart. But yeah, Cordelia figures it out though, fortunately. Yes, she does. She realizes yeah. because of no mares and heavy curtains that that this man must be a vampire, which is quite a bold declaration. She's not wrong, but it is quite a bold declaration. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I wish that they would have had, like, Cordelia be the one to slay. Yeah. 
<laughs> like she she managed to do it or something. That would have been a really cool thing to have in the episode with Cordelia being part of the thing. But I mean, they ended they they did it well where Cordelia just shows up in the office and then Angel pushes the how Angel mm-hmm. eventually takes care of it. But I still kind of wish Cordelia could have like maybe maybe he had like a guard that came to help. <laughs> and she she, just va- had- she she dusted the vamp. Yeah, you just know, had one just, moment. Yeah, one yeah. moment in there somewhere. Because it is, the 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 issue is, is where we have, in, in a way, it's kind of falling into those tropes of the, the, the dark, you know, male hero and the damsels in distress. And you definitely have, you know, both Tina and Cordelia playing the role of the damsels in distress. They don't really have their, their like, moments of power in this episode. Tina has some awareness like she defends herself several times. She pulls the mace on Angel. She pulls the gun on Russell. But she is definitely the victim through and through. And definitely falls into the uh, the trope of... Is it is it just called fridging the woman? When you when you kill a woman to advance a man's plot. So uh, like that's there's a there's a lot of problematic like you know we talk about the the feminist wave that comes from from Buffy and and of course you know you you want to have Angel have that same story as well. But um, even Buffy's problematic by today's standards. And watching this episode, you're just like, oh yeah, uh, this is this is definitely dated in a lot of ways. Yeah. <laughs> Not to mention just a general like tonally. I think as much as like the first season of Buffy dates itself, the first season of Angel really dates itself. <laughs> like it is definitely like you watch it and you're like, ah, yes, you can tell that this is this is a product of its time just by everything, every choice that was made. <laughs> it definitely you 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 watch this and you're very aware that this is a point in history. <laughs> So Cordelia flees. Uh, Angel gets into a position for his big heroic moment. He has like a freaking grappling hook, like special devices to blow out the the breaker box. Like he's he's all geared up. He's he's go go gadget over here. Like he's got all the all the tricks. And he he blows out the lights as Russell gets a hold of Cordelia after chasing her a bit. And he steps out, saying his name, Russell Winters, and uh. Cordelia pulls away as Russell's trying to figure out what's going on. Russell threatens Angel by saying he's made a very big mistake coming here. And Cordelia's just like, oh, you don't know who he is. (laughs) I love that part. You're about to get your ass kicked. (laughs) So they fight. It's not it's not as single-handedly angel as it was made out to be. Russell Russell gets a few licks in, but then the guards come in and they're really the problem cuz they have guns cuz there's a lot of guns in this show. Um and Angel blocks the bullets from hitting Cordelia with his own body. Uh just takes like three or four in 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 his chest and back and grabs Cordelia and jumps over the railing of the second floor of the mansion down into the the first floor and runs out. Uh it's yeah, Angel Angel takes a few licks there <laughs> for sure. And we cut outside to Doyle, who hears the gunshots, says he's out of there, starts to drive off, then can like gets mad at himself for feeling like he needs to go back, so he turns the car around and while screaming rams the gate at full speed and does nothing (laughs) i love that i love that yeah and i just kind of dents the car (laughs) doesn't do anything to this gate 
So anyway, they get out, they get into the vehicle, they get back to Angel's apartment. Doyle is pulling the bullets out of Angel's chest. Um, Cordelia says, finally, once the last bullet's pulled out, and she thought she was going to faint while barfing, which is just such a, such a lovely visual. Um, yeah. And then she's very concerned saying, we're okay, right? You know, you, he's, he, you put the, the fear of God into that Russell guy. He's not going to come after me. Um, and Doyle and Angel exchange a look. And uh, yeah, then we get uh, another badass Angel moment, I suppose. Um, we get Russell and Lawyer. We get Russell and Lindsay um, at Russell's big corporate building of corporate manpower. Um <laughs> Talking about, uh, you know, basically the latest deal. You need some signatures. You're going to have all of this, you know, new wealth, all this great stuff. Several top private investigators are trying to figure out who broke into his house, but they uh, can't find him. They're looking into his whereabouts as Angel enters. And Russell says, I believe we've located them. Um, And uh, yeah, this is when we get the Wolfram and Hart drop. Lindsay steps up and gives Angel a business card. Uh, Angel just kind of walks his, walks past Lindsay as he continues to talk about how, you know, he's going to force him into the light of day and all of this stuff. Angel just ignores him and goes straight to Russell, who's talking about how things are done a certain way in L.A. and that they can basically handle this as as a civilized man he's just like you know i do all the things by the books and in return i get to do whatever i want and this is when angel props his foot up on russell's chair and asks can you fly kicks the chair through the window with russell still in it as he comes crashing down in a very long shot of him taking a much longer time to burn up than angel would have earlier in that moment. Um, again, for plot reason and for cinematic reasons, we take a longer time to burn up. He falls several stories, catching on fire in the sunlight, and eventually a pile of ash is seen landing with the chair bits busting on the ground below. Really cool shot. Really, like, you know, memorable moment. Definitely, like, a cool thing for a pilot. But something I found out upon researching this episode that I have never noticed before, and it's just the most ridiculously hilarious thing to me, because I feel like we have three mentions, right? Because we have Doyle saying, have you looked in a mirror lately? Angel saying he's not a big fan of mirrors, and then Cordelia saying, you don't have any mirrors. In this shot, you can see Russell's reflection in the building. <laughs> it's so funny to me. I laughed hysterically when I went back and watched it. I was just like, oh! <laughs> Whoopsie! Angel says, guess not. Leaves the room, sliding the business card back into Lindsay's pocket, and Lindsay calls saying that they need to arrange a meeting. They've got a new player in town, but there's no need to disturb the senior partners with this. No, don't just What's interesting to me is that Russell's kind of shown to be like a big deal in a lot of parts of this episode, right? Like, you know, he's definitely like talked up a lot. Like, you don't know what you're getting into with this guy or he he like he makes things happen. Like, there's a lot of stuff. Wolfram and Hart does not bat an eyelash upon his death. It's just so good. It just shows like it's just a subtle thing. Like Wolfram and Hart's just like... Not even blinking. <laughs> and I love that so much. <laughs> so then we're in his apartment and he's just kind of staring off into space and he picks up the phone. And I, this, the transcript says that we hear Buffy's voice on the phone. 
Mm-hmm. Do we actually hear her? I yeah, I think you can hear hello, hello. Okay. On it. And then he just hangs up, which we on the Buffy episode that aired at the same time as this one, like she answered the phone and someone hung up. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um Dole asks, uh, what happened to Russell? He walks in and asks what happened to Russell. Angel says he went into the light. Uh and then Angel's upset. You know, he's like, I just killed a vampire. I didn't help anybody. And Dole mentioned that there's a girl upstairs. Very happy. And then we hear a scream. <laughs> they all burst upstairs, burst into the office upstairs with, uh, and, and here in the script, I love this part. I, I actually highlighted it. it. It says, they burst into the office upstairs, Angel carefully avoiding the sun streaming in through the windows. Yeah. They kind of get, they should, they should get some big heavy curtains. I hear those uh, are trendy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cordelia's got a duster and she's dusted and she says there's a cockroach and uh, that they need to call an exterminator and put a sign on the door and that explains to Angel that I want to be part of the mission. I want to help people. Mm-hmm. Um, basically a small charge if we're going to help people and I, I'll organize things. And Angel's like, you want to charge people for helping them? And she's like, not everybody, just the rich ones. <laughs> Which I 100% agree with. <laughs> <laughs> not everybody just the rich people and she basically says we should charge by uh, on a case-by-case analysis but with me working for a flat salary yes most definitely um and then angel we see angel smile Duh. and it's all set we've got Dole and Cordelia and Angel. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Cordelia has to add that it's just temporary until she becomes a superstar. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Uh, mm. Dole tells him that it's a good choice. Um, I don't really see where anybody made a choice <laughs> except Cordelia. <laughs> like, Angel didn't really decide anything. Neither did Dole. I love, I love that, like, so Angel's just kind of going through the motions in this episode and then all these people are just forced themselves in his life and he's just like, okay, I guess this is happening yeah. <laughs> so it's like why am i not kicking you out i'm very confused by everything that's going on but all of a sudden you're just in my life okay it's just rolling with it <laughs> doyle says that cordelia has has a very humanizing influence which like truly to the core it, like pun intended to the core cordelia is in fact like that that humanizing side of angel and it's so evident as you see the series go go forward of just like how much like of his his weight that she counterbalances and it's just so true i love that that's that's acknowledged in the very beginning that she is his humanizing influence this like you know I, i'm kind of with you like his bloodlust is played up a little bit too much in this idea that if he doesn't connect with humans at all he's just going to start feeding again because why not but the truth is there is something about angel that's definitely better when he has certain people, people in his life um and cordelia is definitely like towards the top of that list of just like making angel a better person <laughs> Of really just bringing him to reality and making him, like, feel more human and understand the world better. Like, it's it's so evident. The, this arc, I'm so looking, like, oh my god. <laughs> is There's gonna be a lot to say about it. But yeah, uh, Angel kind of smiles again and says, you think she's a hottie? And Doyle's like, oh yeah. <laughs> They agree that there's a lot of people in the city that need helping. And uh, again, Doyle asks if Angel is game. And then we get this sweeping shot of Angel looking over the city. Not at all to be associated with with some dark night. Um, (laughs) 
and and yeah replies that he is indeed game and that is that is the series premiere of angel i'm very excited i'm very excited all right so that is this podcast we will be back with Buffy. We're going to just go back and forth. We're going we're gonna to try that. We're going to be fancy and just go back and forth. And uh, the next episode of Buffy that we will be discussing is Living Conditions, uh, which is not a highly rated episode. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> I honestly don't remember the last time I watched Living Conditions. So we will, we will see what my feelings are because it has been a long time. It's very... I don't know. Yeah, it's very, I don't know. I don't know. We're going to get what? some very, I don't know episodes in both of these seasons. <laughs> season four and yeah. season, season one of Angel is like, hmm, there's, there's some, I don't know decisions made on some of these episodes. We'll be back next time. We thank you so much for listening. And this is where we say bye. Bye. was fun i like it yeah i thought we had some really good back and forth in that one yeah well we've been doing this for what a year and a half now <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's about time <laughs>